0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us today, Arlen Suderman with FC Stone. And it's raining where you're at, Arlen. It's been on and off drizzle, cloudy here, but you know something? Rain makes grain. And at this point, we'll take whatever Mother Nature throws at us.
1: Absolutely. We certainly will. It's it's too late to really save the wheat crop. It can certainly help the wheat crop, especially here in Nebraska. But the further south you go, the less help they'll get from it. Maybe help some of the milling qualities but we certainly like having it on the corn and soybean fields and and along with some warmer temperatures. And uh, maybe we can can have a 2018 corn and soybean crop after all.
0: You know, it's crazy for as much snow that we've received um, on and off this winter that we would already be two inches behind on moisture in many areas. Like you said to the south, a lot more of a concern there. So hopefully we get things turned around because they're banking on this crop.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and a lot of the rains have been focused on Kansas over the past week and uh, as well as central Oklahoma where they had some one-and-a-half to two-inch rains Some central Oklahoma east, much lighter amounts further west, and looking at uh, the data, it's amazing to me how that still leaves uh, Oklahoma and Kansas and Texas uh, considerably below normal for the month of April. So, uh, And that doesn't even count, obviously, the deficits prior to April going back to last fall. So we still have a lot of problems, and uh, we'll take any rain that we can get.
0: A lot of coffee shop talk or field talk, shall we say. We did see a jump in the wheat market, and it's been one that's been talked about a lot today on social media. Many wondering the, the full behinds, and you've really got it nailed down to two things. Freeze concerns and a wheat quality tour next week in Kansas
1: exactly right uh, we've got a lot of wheat in the world and even here in the United States a hard red winter wheat supply surplus from last year's crop is an eight-month supply soft red winter wheat uh, surplus is a nine-month surplus so why in the world would wheat rally well because of headlines and fund managers who are short the market and suddenly start hearing reports of freeze damaged heads 40% damage in some fields up to 60% in other fields We've heard some unconfirmed reports of insurance zeroing out the fields. I'm a little bit skeptical about that yet at this point, but we're seeing damage well into northern Kansas, uh, where we thought maybe the wheat would be small enough that it wouldn't be impacted by the April cold that it has been. The heads are showing up white in those stems when they split the stems now as they start to elongate. And so the question is, are these isolated anecdotal situations where the farmers happen to get the right field or is this more widespread next week's tour of kansas and surrounding areas and they'll also be touring oklahoma not this group but there will be a group touring oklahoma who will report in the kansas tour um on one of the nights on the wednesday night next week all this is going to get some numbers put to it as they'll be walking many fields across the area and put some numbers to it and we'll get to see How widespread is this damage on top of the drought damages? One farmer in south-central Kansas was telling me about all the freeze damage he's seen. He says, yep, the drought damage is even worse than the freeze damage.
0: And that's going to cause for some definite frustrations. Producers, you know, looking at this this crop and was hoping that it would have pulled out and, and survived. The, the late yeah. snows and the, and the freezes that we got. Because normally, like everybody says, you can kill this crop nine times and still turn out okay. But it may not have hit that 10th life.
1: How many times have I heard wheat is a weed and it just keeps on coming back? And there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but there are times in history, and this year maybe one of them, where you simply throw too many things at it. And while we won't run out of wheat in all likelihood because of this short crop, it will help reduce the surplus supplies. And with a better crop here in Nebraska than what they have further south, maybe we can get a crop with a little better prices. But again, don't get too greedy on any rally that we get because we still do have big supplies carried over from last year that once the headlines of the problems dry up, the prices will likely be falling back down once again.
0: Looking at the rest of this crop, obviously we're still behind um, looking at corn. Any factors that you're seeing, because we're just back a little bit off of what the average is for the five-year, for both corn and soybeans?
1: Well, and the planting of the crops we should make some good progress this week, particularly in southern and eastern areas of the Midwest. I think we'll make a lot of progress. uh, uh Getting some comments from an agronomist in Illinois a little while ago talking about how they should have seven days of strong planting activity there in Illinois. It's going to be slower further to the north and west, especially as you get into northern Iowa and Minnesota and Dakotas. The ground, snow cover is mostly gone, but the ground is still awfully cold and wet. So it's going to be slower starting. There's some risk. Of Some rains coming back in the 6 to 10 day. The models are flipping back and forth on that. We need an open period now to get this crop planted. Speaking of crops, the is
0: Safrina crop in Brazil. Are we having some struggles with some possible dry weather coming in?
1: We are. April's been very dry across the region in the northern part of the area. Uh, Has some good maturity uh, to it already. And uh, so we're basically pollination to mid-grain fill in the Meta Grosso area, which is the top producer. But then as you go further south, that's the northern third. The southern third is dry but still has some soil moisture. It's kind of about half pollinated. The middle third is where the bulk of the concerns are at. We're starting to see some stress there. Our team says 86.46 million metric tons. That's below USDA's 92. And the risk is to the downside if this weather pattern continues to hold. There's some models suggest that they will get some showers later as we go into May. Then it may be too late to really save some of the damage by then.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle final bell coming up, including the buzz that is on social media. In a freighter, running into a pier. We'll get more details on that. How it's going to affect the market trade. What it could mean to producers. Arlen is on top of all of it. As Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Thank you.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Arlen Suderman is joining us with F.C. Stone. The social media, especially Twitter, has been all abuzz about what's going to happen to the beans and the meal after this freighter accident.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you can see the video on social media as well. It's nighttime, so you can't see everything, but you can see the freighter coming into the uh, the port and uh, crashing into the dock and some of the they're starting to fall It looks our sources in Argentina our offices down there uh, have given us some good information on it and basically that terminal accounted for about 6.6 million tons of soy meal exports last year keep in mind Argentina is the world's number one exporter of soy meal <clears throat> and their crusher, crushing industry has been importing soybeans to try to make up for the lost production in Argentina so they can protect that market share um, but uh, overall, that terminal is expected to see a reduction in capacity of about 30 to 40% over the next four to six months while repairs are being done. Now, there is a, a brand new terminal uh, that's nearby that they might be able to utilize to make up some of that capacity, but bottom line is it is expected to slow soy meal exports here over the next four to six months coming out of Argentina and could send some more business north to the United States, although Brazil will probably pick up some of that business as well. That's good news
0: amongst all the tariff talks and issues we've been dealing with as of late.
1: It really is, and and we've seen Chinese buyers of soybeans basically shut down purchases of U.S. soybeans of late, particularly after they saw what China did to the grain sorghum uh, that was on the way in the boat on the way there, and China said, you're going to have to put us uh, deposit of 178.6% of the value of that grain sorghum on if it enters our port. So it kind of, those boats did a U-turn and turned around. They don't want to get caught in the same way as soybeans, but they also admit we're, we're going to have to eventually come back to the United States for soybeans, um, because the alternatives are limited. And, uh, as one source in China said, we just really hope that this gets cleared up by July, um, because by then we're probably going to need those soybeans again. Um, So uh, to see this type of news would suggest that at least it looks like uh, we should pick up some soy mill business uh, to help keep our crushers working near capacity and utilizing the soybeans that we have.
0: You know, I find it interesting that, you know, we're back into some very hot and heavy NAFTA talks with the folks from Canada and Mexico not even going home over the weekend and, and staying in D.C. But the markets this time don't seem to be paying as much attention to that discussion.
1: Well, we've certainly seen a lot of pressure, particularly in the pork market, whenever something would come out about problems with NAFTA. Um, But we haven't seen much response the other way when they talk about the good things happening. And, of course, we don't know any details about what's being talked about yet. But like you said, it is good news um, that talks are progressing and seem to be making good headway. Uh, trying to reach an agreement by sometime next week is the current goal. Whether they'll be able to do it or not, I don't know. But there's some real concerns in Mexico that they need to get this done before and approved at back home before their July presidential election because right now uh, it's really looking like the person who who is leading the way for perhaps winning that election uh, is is a similar leader to what we have in venezuela and would probably tear up a nafta or try to do away with it so they want to try to get something in place ahead of time so that he would actually have to go through that process of tearing it up rather than just letting it die on its own um, so that provides incentive for mexico to to negotiate with the united states and Canada's eager to get this done as well.
0: Let's jump over to the livestock side of the trade, Arlen. We saw some maybe some strong buyer support coming back into this live cattle market.
1: Yeah, there's generally a thinking that we're going to the Packers are going to have to pay a dollar or two more this week uh, on the cash side on a live basis. There's generally a thinking that uh, uh, we're going to have to see those uh, slaughter rates go up again this year this week maybe close to 630 head uh get slaughtered and that's going to take maybe a little bit more aggressiveness by the packer the big numbers coming down the way and they don't want to get things backed up at all and so that's providing some underlying support but probably the big story is where the cash is right now in the low 120s uh, versus where that june contract is and we saw a similar situation last year that once april expired We had a sharp rally in the June. Will it be the same way this year, or will the cash market fall down to that 105 level? And there's a little bit more of an increasing thought that maybe the June will be rallying. We'll have to watch it.
0: What are your thoughts on the feeder cattle?
1: Feeder cattle are going to take their cues from it. The profitability of feeding and value to those feeders is what we do. And so I think the next few weeks are critical. We see good support for the fats now, but can that be sustained? If they see that sustained into uh, early May, then I think that supports the feeders a little bit more. And I think that's why we saw the strength today is a little bit of optimism slipping in.
0: Sounds good. Best way for producers to reach you, Arlen? INTLScstone.com. All right. That is the Fontenelle final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.